This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Hi, my name is Dr. Lou Diaz, pastor of Butte Bible Fellowship located at 2255 Pillsbury Road in Chico. And I'm providing inspirational teaching for you from God's Word each week. Listen to my weekly radio program, Encouraging Words with Dr. Lou Diaz, at 10 a.m. on Saturday or 10 a.m. on Sunday. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. If you look at the five fingers on your hand, you have the five parts of this book. The five parts of this book. The thumb represents the past. The pointer finger represents the cast. The middle finger represents the ask. The uh, middle, the last finger represents the, um, hold on one second, represents the, I just went blank. Ah, the last, okay. We're going to go through this in a second, but I just needed to say something while the PowerPoint was being brought up. Okay, you see behind me the PowerPoint uh, slide? Uh, those of you who are listening in, let me read it to you. It says, The Church in Action, A Journey Through Acts. Thank you, Shirley, for your graphic arts ability to put that together. All right. So today's message, the first in our series in the book of Acts, is entitled, Widening Your Circle of Influence. Widening Your Circle of Influence. You see, we all are influencers. Every one of us influences somebody. Studies have shown that even an introvert influences 10,000 people in his or her lifetime. You're an influence, and you can be an influence for Christ. And Jesus gave us the Great Commission saying we are to make disciples of all nations. So we are to be influencers by sharing the gospel. How can we widen our circle of influence? Because we're going to see that's the theme of the book of Acts in chapter 1, verse 8. So back to uh, the five parts of Acts. You have the past. The book of Acts is actually part two. The past was Dr. Luke writing about Jesus in the gospel according to Luke. So Acts chapter 1 picks up after Luke, the last chapter in Luke. And so Luke is going to talk about that. Second, the cast, who makes up the book of Acts? Here in chapter 1, we have the 11 disciples. You say, well, what happened to the 12th one? Judas betrayed Jesus and lost his place among the apostles. And we're going to talk about that because they chose Matthias to take his place. But also the cast of the book of Acts, and chapter 1 in particular, uh, mentions the 120 in the upper room. The women, as well as the other disciples who were following Jesus, including Jesus' own family, his mother and his siblings, his half-siblings, who originally rejected Jesus, but now follow Jesus and are counted among his disciples. Also, the cast of the book of Acts is that the first half talks about the Apostle Peter, and the second half talks about the Apostle Paul. 
the murderer turned missionary, who was Saul, and then his name was changed to Paul. But the biggest cast member of the book of Acts is the Holy Spirit. The whole name of the book is the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the church. And my prayer for you and me is that this book, as we go through it, is not a historic study of the early church alone, but is a ministry manual for the church today, that we come alive and apply what we learn from the book of Acts. The ask is when the disciples ask Jesus, are you going to restore Israel completely now? And uh, he redirects them to the task. The task is, you are to be my witnesses through the power of the Holy Spirit in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That's the task, the Great Commission. And then the last is that Judas is replaced with Matthias, as we talked about. So in other words, we can look at Acts chapter 1 with the five fingers and say the past means it builds on Luke, the cast is the 11 disciples primarily, and Jesus who ascended to the Father and the Holy Spirit. And then the ask is, are you going to restore Israel right now? Yes, Jesus, God's going to keep his promises to Israel, but not right now. We're not to set times or dates. Only the Father knows that. And then the task is we're to be as witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And the last is that God chose Matthias to replace Judas. Now, if I stopped right there, you would have a historic teaching on the early church from Acts chapter 1. But ah, there's more. We're going to move now to application. I'm asking you the question today, how can you and I widen our circles of influence for the gospel? How can you and I widen our circles of influence for the kingdom of God? Well, you're going to be surprised, but this is going to get really practical. I'm going to give you five things that you and I can actually do to be witnesses for the Lord in an ever-increasing way. And I'll tell them to you right now, and then we'll go through them each one at a time. First of all, an application that is overlooked, that is obvious from Acts chapter 1, we can expand our gospel witness by writing to others. Writing letters, text messages, emails, direct messages. We can tell people the gospel in writing, just as Luke, Dr. Luke, told it to Theophilus. Second, we can widen our circle of influence by being filled with the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit empowers you and indwells you, he shines forth from you. We'll hear more about that in a second. And then we can expand our and widen our circle of witness by looking for the return of Christ. There's no greater incentive for living for Christ and saving the lost than to think about the fact that Jesus Christ can come back any moment. We need to work for the night is coming when no man can work. And we can widen our circle of influence by joining with others in prayer, just as the disciples met together and constantly worked together in prayer. When you join with others in prayer, there's something powerful that happens. 
It says in the book of James, the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Well, then it also follows that the prayer of righteous people is even more powerful and effective. And then finally, you can expand your circle of influence for the gospel by being a witness of the risen Lord. Let's talk about that from our text. First of all, write to others. This is in Acts chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. Dr. Luke starts out by writing, In my former book, of course his former book was the Gospel of Luke, in my former book, Theophilus, he's writing to a person, so we think. Theophilus may have been a high-ranking Roman official. So imagine this, that Dr. Luke is writing to a Roman official about the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can write to Governor Newsom. You could write to President Trump. You can write to any important person in government, any celebrity, any major influence, and tell them about the gospel. Most importantly, you could write to your family members. Before my grandmother died, on my father's side, I wrote her a long letter about trusting in Christ. She had a Catholic background. She was very religious. But I was concerned and hoping that she had a personal relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. I wrote her a letter. You can write letters. Letters are rare these days. You know what we get in the mailbox? Mostly junk mail. So any letter that is hand-addressed, any letter that's actually written on paper, never mind beautiful stationery, is going to be read. Why not tell people the gospel through writing? You think, I'm sheltered in because of the coronavirus pandemic. There's nothing I can do. Oh, yes, there is. You can write to others about the good news of faith in Jesus Christ, the forgiveness of sins through faith in Jesus Christ. So in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, that is his crucifixion, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive, his resurrection. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. You can write to people and tell them, Jesus died on the cross for your sins so they could be forgiven. Jesus Christ rose from the dead to give you the gift of eternal life. You can write to people and tell them all Jesus has done for them so that they can be forgiven, they could be adopted into God's forever family, and they can have the gift of eternal life. Why not think about somebody you can write to this week? Someone you can tell the gospel to that will not be able to hear it any other way except that you, in your own handwriting, took the time to express the love of God by telling them the truth of the gospel. Can you think of someone that you want to write to this week? Someone that you're, you're not able to talk to directly or someone who seems far away? Write them the gospel. That's how you can widen your influence for the kingdom of God. Secondly, 
be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. The Christian life is not meant to be lived in the fumes of your personality. It's not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. The only way we're going to have influence for the kingdom is by relying upon the Holy Spirit of God. We need a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit of God in our lives that we might be witnesses for Christ. It says here in Acts 1, 4 and 5, on one occasion while he was eating with them, speaking of Jesus eating with his disciples, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jesus is saying the Holy Spirit is a gift, a gift from God the Father to be received. And the Father knows how to give good gifts to those who ask Him. He knows how to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. Ask God to give you the Holy Spirit to fill you and to overflow you with His presence and with His power and with His peace. There's something about the Holy Spirit that when He gets a hold of you, He changes your life. He changed these disciples from cowards hiding behind locked doors to bold witnesses speaking publicly and courageously about the risen Lord Jesus Christ. What was the secret of their transformation? How did they go from cowards to courageous witnesses? The power of the Holy Spirit. That's how we can widen our influence for the kingdom. When we surrender to the Holy Spirit, when we ask Him to fill us and to uh, overflow in our lives. You know, it's interesting what it teaches here in the Bible about the Holy Spirit. It says about the Holy Spirit this, that the Holy Spirit is one who um, John baptized with water, but the Holy Spirit will baptize you with fire. And I believe the fire that uh, the Holy Spirit baptizes us with is the fire of purity, holiness, the fire of purpose. We're to tell others about Christ. The fire of proclamation. Tongues of fire will come upon their heads and their tongues will be loosened and they will boldly witness. How is that possible? The baptism of fire, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a fire in your bones that you cannot contain. And that is what God wants for the church today. We've been living in our own energy. We've been living in our own uh, resources. We need the Holy Spirit. We need Him to work in our lives. Will you ask the Lord, God the Father, to fill you, to empower you with His Holy Spirit? He wants to do that. The Holy Spirit wants to work through you and the church today just as much as He worked through the church in the early time of the church. Surrender to the Holy Spirit. And also in chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This one verse, Acts 1.8, 
is considered the outline of the entire book of Acts because the gospel started in Jerusalem. And as far as the Jewish uh, completed Jews were concerned, it would have stayed in Jerusalem. But because of persecution, it was pushed out to Samaria and then uh, Judea and then Samaria and then to the ends of the earth, all the way to Rome and beyond. So friends, you and I are called to be witnesses. A witness is someone who says what he's seen and heard. The word witness is the word from which we get the English word martyr. We're willing to tell people about Jesus even if it costs us our life. Is there enough evidence to convict you of being a Christian? I went to work with someone from a previous church. I went to his job. And they, he introduced me. This is my pastor, Pastor Lou. And someone looked at him quizzically and said, Wow, Dave, I didn't know you went to church. Ow, that hurt. We're to raise our flag and wave it. Let people know that you're a Christian. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Hide it under a bushel? No, I'm going to let it shine. Let the devil blow it out? No, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. But how do you let it shine? By being filled with the power and the boldness of the Holy Spirit. The third way we can widen our circle of influence for the gospel is to look for the return of Christ. It says in verse 11 of chapter 1, Men of Galilee, the angels were asking We're talking to the disciples who were staring up at heaven, gaping with mouths wide open, while Jesus was ascending to the right hand of God the Father. Men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Jesus is coming back. So let's stop staring at the sky Let's stop trying to predict when he's coming back. Let's get busy about making disciples and being witnesses for Christ in our Jerusalem, where we live, in our Judea, around where we live, in our Samaria, across the railroad tracks to people we ordinarily wouldn't associate with and to the ends of the earth. Let's be about our Father's business and let the return of Christ be the incentive, be the motivation for why we are witnesses for Christ. Jesus is coming back. We don't know when, but it can be any time. Let's work while we can in telling people about Jesus. That's an incentive, and that's a way to widen our circle of influence. The next one is join with others in prayer. Look at verse 14. Acts 1.14, they all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. So the disciples, the 120, in the upper room were praying, and they were praying constantly, and they were praying concertedly, united in prayer. 
And they were praying, waiting for the power of the Holy Spirit, waiting for the gift from the Father of the Holy Spirit to come upon them so they could be witnesses for Christ and boldly proclaim the gospel that Jesus died on the cross for people's sins, that Jesus rose from the dead to give the gift of eternal life. They were praying together. Let me tell you a story. In one of the churches I served, I encourage people to create prayer triplets. A prayer triplet is when you ask two other people to pray with you and you meet once a week. Well, nowadays you could call those two people or you could Zoom those two people. But I met with two older saints. They were grandfathers. And I was just a young pastor of maybe 30-something years of age. And I remember one grandfather saying, would you pray for my grandson? He's not walking with the Lord. He's a prodigal. He's gone astray. And week by week, the prayer triplet prayed together for his grandson, TJ. Eventually, TJ rededicated his life to Christ. And today, TJ is a pastor. Isn't that wonderful? And why did that happen? Because Jesus said, if you will agree in my name together, I will give you what you ask. Where two or three are gathered, there am I in your midst. There's power in united prayer. And the book of Acts is going to bear this out. So why don't you, as a practical application of this sermon, Think of two people that you uh, talk to, that you know, and say, would you be part of my prayer triplet? Share your prayer requests with that, those people, those two people, and every week pray together, and God is going to answer. Now, another thing we do is we, we have a most wanted list. The most wanted list is where we take a piece of paper and we write down the people that we, we most want to come to faith in Jesus Christ. That's the most wanted list. And you write on there the names of the people, the top three that you want to come to Christ. And every week with your prayer triplet, you pray for those three people to come to Christ. You will be amazed at what God will do. And you can pray prodigals back into the kingdom. So will you join with others in prayer? Because if you do, you will widen your circle of influence for the gospel. And finally, be a witness of our risen Lord. There was a problem in the early church right off the bat. That problem was that Judas had um, betrayed Jesus, sold him for 30 pieces of silver, the price of a slave. He betrayed Jesus. And he was so convicted of that, that he hung himself, and in the hot sun, his body fell from the rope and his uh, entrails were scattered on the ground. And with the money that he had, a field was bought and he was buried in that field. That's all told here. But notice Peter. Peter stands up and he says, by the Holy Spirit, who instructed David a long time ago, he says, Judas needs to be replaced. 
And here's what we're going to do. We've got two people who qualify as apostles. Now, to qualify as an apostle, they had to be baptized by John the Baptist. They had to witness all of Jesus' ministry. They had to be witnesses of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And there were two who were qualified to be apostles. And they drew lots, and the lot came upon Matthias. And he was chosen to be the 12th apostle to replace Judas. But there's a very interesting verse here, verse 22. It says, For one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. What you're going to find in the book of Acts is that every time the apostles spoke about Jesus, they spoke of him risen from the dead. If there's anything that uh, distinguishes the gospel and Christianity from any other religion, is that Jesus rose from the dead. No other founder of a religion rose from the dead. Everything stands and falls on the fact that Jesus is risen. And we're to be witnesses that Jesus rose from the dead. We can't be apostles, as in Matthias and the others, the other 11, but we can be witnesses of our resurrected Lord. We can let other people know Jesus is alive. Jesus has resurrected my spiritually dead life, so I'm spiritually alive now. We can be witnesses of our risen Lord. So how can we widen our circles of influence? Did you walk with me through these five practical applications from Acts chapter 1? I hope you'll write this down. And I hope that you'll follow through on at least one, if not all five, of these practical applications from Acts 1. Acts is not a study of historic dimension about the early church alone. Acts, the book of Acts of the Holy Spirit through the church, is a ministry manual. That's right. The book of Acts tells us today in the 21st century how to do ministry. And here's five things we can do to widen our circles of influence for the gospel. Number one, write to somebody. Who are you going to write to and tell them about the gospel? Number two, Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Ask God for the good gift of the Holy Spirit to fill and empower you to be a bold witness for Him. Number three, look forward to the return of Christ. Let the return of Christ, that He can come back at any time, be a motivation for you to live for Christ, to tell others about Christ. And join with others in prayer. Form a prayer triplet. And in the power of agreed prayer, see God answer prayers that you've been praying by yourself and not seeing much or any results. But when you pray with others, watch out because God answers the prayers of people agreeing in Jesus' name. And then finally, be a witness of the risen Lord. Tell somebody Christianity or, or Jesus is no ordinary religion. It's extraordinary because Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus is alive. And Jesus can resurrect any spiritually dead person to be spiritually alive. Praise God 
that we can get all excited about the fact that Jesus Christ is Lord. Would you join with me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this message from the book of Acts. We're off to an exciting start in this ministry manual. We want to put it into practice. We want to be doers of your word and not just listeners of it. Help us to choose one thing or a couple of these things, if not all these things, to put into practice this week that you would widen our circle of influence for the gospel, especially in these dark and disrupted days with the coronavirus pandemic. Lord, help us not to sit back and think there's nothing we can do. There's no reason to live. Help us to be about your kingdom purposes. Help us to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness and know that you will add everything we need to us. Father, we thank you and praise you for your Holy Spirit. And we cry out, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Empower us with your Holy Spirit. Speak through us by your Holy Spirit the good news of forgiveness of sins through faith in Jesus Christ, that many may trust in the Lord, that many prodigals may return to the Lord, that miracles of healing will be done in the name of the Lord. We cry out to you, do the acts of the Holy Spirit in our day through the church. Revive the church. We praise you and thank you for hearing this prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you need encouragement? I want to share my spiritual gift of encouragement with you. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. Call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521 to find out how you can connect with our weekly worship services and faith-building messages from God's Word.